Welcome to Grace. Again, thanks. If you're here for the first time, appreciate you being a guest today and coming out. And uh, before we even jump into our conversation today, I want to introduce myself. My name is Ryan, one of the pastors here on staff. And I want to tell you about something that's happening uh, today that's going to be, I think, a really important step. Maybe if you've been coming to the campus for a little bit, maybe this is your first time or you've been coming for the last handful of weeks. And if you have been thinking, and what would my next step be? Like if I was to, to take another step outside of coming to a weekend service, how would I get connected? What would, uh, what would I want to do in order to move forward? And it's to jump into a discovery group. Make sure I want to make sure that's super clear. And that's happening today, right? So you can jump into that. Uh, we've got lunch. We've got child care. Literally, you can walk around the hall and uh, jump into that group. It's a four-week group. And it starts about 12.30 today, and we would love to have you. You're going to kind of hear the history and the vision of the church, meet some new people. Um, myself and Pastor Aaron lead that four-week group, and so we'll kind of walk you through all that. And uh, really, what else are you going to do, right? NFL is over. There's snow on the ground. It's February. It is the perfect time to go to Discovery. So jump in, and uh, even if you're not signed up, you can do that today, and uh, we'd love to have you there. Well, we are wrapping up a new series today, or we're wrapping up a series we've been in now, I should say, for a little while now called Clean Slate, and uh, this, I think, has been an important series, and if you've missed uh, some of these conversations, you can catch up online. They, they've been kind of foundational, and the heartbeat has been this. We're starting kind of a, a new year. We're definitely into it now, and I think the momentum, the inertia of a new start, a new year, uh, we can kind of start and say, can I have a do-over? Uh, can I look at where I have been and make some significant changes? And we've been talking about how can we do that? How can I begin to have a clean slate in my mind, in my heart, in my life? And uh, we've been looking at really some kind of foundational questions. Uh, questions like who is God and who am I? And how, how do I view myself? What's kind of my identity? Uh, what's my purpose? What's my mission? Where do I belong? Where's the family that I'm connected to? And so we've been walking through some of those big, big answers, and we've been looking at some common kind of, uh, common thoughts or answers we might have written on the board of our heart and our life, and we've been looking and saying, what, what would the answers be that God would say? What did he say about these questions? And can I look at what God has spoken about these big foundational questions of life and can I maybe even erase what I had in my head and write down something new? And can we live off of those words? And so we've been doing that and kind of looking at the very basic foundations of what life in God, in church, in the mission of God is all about. And we want to continue that conversation today, kind of wrap it up. And I think this conversation we're going to have today, it's all about a new battle that we're in, right? It's kind of a new battle. And the reality is, as human beings, we all are engaged in some level of a, a fight, a battle of some kind. That, that fight or that battle, that drama uh, that we might have in our lives sometimes can be really, really negative. Uh, sometimes it's really, really positive. And there's a part of being human that all of us are made to, to kind of fight for something. Uh, we're made for a battle in some ways. It's part of how we're designed and uh, I think that's why we find ourselves getting fired up. It's kind of the good part of anger, we might think of it as, and say, man, I want something to change. When something isn't right, I hate the injustice of it. We all can see that flare up in us, that there's a, a fight in us, and sometimes that fight shows up for good, 
And uh, sometimes it shows up and it makes a big mess, right? It's kind of all over the board. And in our culture today, uh, the way that we would talk about that battle, right, kind of that fight that we're in is going to have a bunch of different expressions of how that might show up. And here tends to be the way that, that we would typically think of a battle. We may not use that language, but, but we would think of it this way. Often, we're going to find ourselves in the battle against people. In the battle against people. And you say, Ryan, what do you mean by that? Like, what, how are we battling people? Well, in, in, on the macro level, on kind of the big picture level, you can see that showing up in, in warring, right? kind of people fighting against each other, and sometimes that has to happen, unfortunately. But sometimes you see that happening at that level. Often, we're going to live more on the individual level of a battle where we're going to look at uh, people in our actual day-to-day lives, individuals, and say, man, my battle really is against that person. Uh, that person, that coach in my life, that teacher in my life, that's the person that I'm at odds with. That's my enemy. Uh, sometimes it's our spouse. Sometimes it's our in-law. Sometimes it's our neighbor. Right? Is that that person who right now is against me in some way, and I feel the battle towards them. And there's friction in the relationship, and I tend to think if that, if that person would just change, if I could win this individual battle, and it would take care of all kinds of problems in my life. And, and whether we realize it or not, there's a whole bunch of thoughts that go towards that person. If they were different, if they would say different things, if they would think a different thing, if, they, if, if I could just make that person be a certain way, then my life would be better. It's the battle we're fighting. It's what even the Bible would talk about uh, an enemy often would show up, and, and we would think of them in that language. So sometimes the battle in our lives is against people, and sometimes people are just individuals. That person in my life that is blocking my goals, stopping me from doing what I really want to do, and frustrating me in some specific way. Sometimes they've hurt me. Uh, sometimes they're just not letting me do what I want to do, right? Kind of an individual basis. And we see this show up in families. We see this show up between uh, siblings, adult siblings, adult kids, you name it, and it begins to uh, cause a division between people because that's where the battle is playing out at that kind of individual person-to-person level. Another way that, that we would see the battle show up is sometimes it will show up towards groups, kind of groups of people. Those people, they, right? Who's the problem? Well, they are. The people who are not like me, uh, the people who think different than I do, who look different than I do, who hear the pain point, who vote different than I do, those people out there, right, they're the problem. If we could just get the conservatives to think this way or the liberals to think this way, and, and, and we're getting all amped up because that, that group of people that we have in our head that exists, this orb of humans <laughs> that we've categorized, they're out there, and the battle's against them, right? The, the, the group of people that have made different lifestyle choices, sometimes even sinful ones, according to the Bible, those people are the problem, and they're driving an agenda. Man, if we could just make those people change, that's where the battle's at. 
And we'll think these things sometimes. Sometimes we'll say them. Often they're just left unsaid. They're just in our hearts or our minds. And, and when we're thinking about we're thinking about life and we're thinking about battle and we're thinking about the culture and, and, and it's towards a group of people. Those people in that department at work. Uh, that team that I'm against. Right? And we are separating ourselves and this is, it's us and them. And the focus, the battle is against those folks. Sometimes that battle's happening in our heads. Sometimes it's happening uh, out loud. Uh, if you have social media of any kind, you can see this scrolling through your news feed where there, there's just a, a statement or a post or a, I, I'm, I'm just kind of tearing into somebody. And for whatever reason, because social media exists, I may never say this out loud to someone. I certainly would never say it to hundreds of people, but because this medium exists, now I'm saying all kinds of crazy things to hundreds of people. I'm battling against individuals or groups, and it's happening on a regular basis, right? Because that's where in my head, that's where the fight is. That's where the battle is. It's fascinating for a, for a follower of Jesus, if you're here and you're a Christ follower, uh, the Bible would call us to, to interact and to think and to speak in a certain way. Uh, if you're not a Christ follower and you're kind of investigating the Christian faith, I want you to know this is prescriptive of the Bible. The Bible is going to kind of tell us and, and describe for us how we're supposed to act in response to who God is and to re in response to like kind of what God has done for us because of Jesus. Right? So I want you to see this clearly because sometimes... Uh, we Christians, if you're not a Christ follower, we Christians sometimes completely disregard what I'm about to, to show you here. And I want you to know that that's not God's intent. It's not his heart. Uh, in fact, he's very clear about how we're to kind of interact and respond to him. Let me show you just one example of, of uh, where we're told kind of how to interact with individuals or groups when there's a conflict. And by the way, our series, we're starting next week and we'll go much deeper into a conversation about this, but here's just a taste of it. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4, the apostle Paul would say this, right? He's kind of talking to people who follow Christ. He says this, he says, do not let uh, any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Listen to this. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Wow. Paul's saying Christ follower. When you, when you have these breakdowns with people, uh, with individuals or with groups, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. Your, your battle is not to show up against the individual or against the group. And that, that unwholesome talk sh shouldn't be verbal, it shouldn't be texted, it shouldn't be posted on social media. He says, but only what is helpful for the building up of others according to their need. Right? Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. So this is fascinating. Somebody who says yes to Jesus... The Bible actually says that God uh, will come and live inside of us. That's the Holy Spirit. He lives and makes his home within us. 
And that's, we believe that. That's like an actual thing. That's not just something we read. We believe that God makes his home in us. It's not weird. It's not mystical. It's just a spiritual reality. And as God lives in us and with us, he changes us from the inside out. And Paul's saying, don't grieve, right? The Holy Spirit's a person. Don't grieve him. Don't break his heart by doing what is evil. Do the right thing, right? He's going to go on and say, get rid of all this stuff. That the anger and the bitterness that you feel towards people, towards groups, get rid of all that in every form of malice. Stop slandering, stop gossiping, stop spreading, stop talking about people behind their back. Stop ranting and raving about those people or that guy. Man, I, I, we all wrestle with it. Whether it's in our head or it comes out of our mouths, all of us wrestle with this to some degree or another. Right? We fight it, and, and we tend to think that that person is uh, the problem. I'll, I'll give you a real quick example. I was sitting at a basketball game the other day, which I absolutely love to do. I love to watch my son play basketball. Uh, he's 13, he, he's a center on a, a team that we go to, connected to school at, and I love watching him play, kind of week in, week out, it's a blast. And he gets a lot of play time, and he's fortunate for that, and this one game, uh, the coach decided, for whatever reason, I don't know, right, he has his own thoughts and desires in his head, he's a coach, uh, and like every parent, when, when your kid gets a little less play time, you're like, what's up with that, man, right, I, I think my... I, they just must not want to win, right? That, that, must, that must be what's happening in your head that day. You just must not care about winning. That's why my kid's sitting on the bench. But as I'm sitting there in the stands, I'm starting to think all of these things about this coach who's a great guy, he's a really good coach, right? But that day, I was convinced that, you know, my kid should be in there a little bit more. He should get more play time. And I never said anything to the coach, right? And, and, you know, if he's listening to this message, I love you, coach. You're the man, right? But, like, but, but in my head, I forgot what life was about. I forgot for a second, and my battle was against that individual. Maybe I should say something to him. Right? Maybe, maybe I should tell him. Maybe he just doesn't know that if he really wants to win this game, he should listen to me because I obviously know everything about basketball because I've never played on a team in my entire life. We all wrestle with it, right? If we're honest, that decision that the boss makes or that that thing that your neighbor does, that why would they do that and why are they up so late and why is the music so loud and you name it. Why did they post that social media? Why didn't they like my post? On and on and on it goes. These things rage and run in our head, and the temptation is to believe that it's the people, it's the individual that my battle is against, it's the group that my battle is against, and if I could fight them, if I could make them change, if, if we could overcome them, man, that, that's really what life's about, right? Then things would be different. And here's the fascinating thing, is None of this stuff we just talked about, according to the Bible, according to God's perspective on reality, is the battle that we are called to engage and fight. Uh, it literally has, has nothing to do with what's actually happening in reality. Now, I'm going to show you a, a verse right now that if you hear it properly, 
it should rattle you, especially uh, it rattled me. I had no religious background at all, uh, so the idea of God existing was a big deal for me. The idea that there are beings that I cannot see that exist in a spiritual reality was a little bit much for me at first, kind of blew my mind. But when you actually, if you believe what the Bible teaches and you believe that God is real and you read a verse like this, you start to, to make sense of life and reality because it helps us kind of understand what's actually happening. It helps us understand the actual battle in front of us. Uh, let me show you what I mean here. And later in the same book of the Bible, in the book of Ephesians, the Apostle Paul is going to wrap up as he's kind of closing out this book. He says this, he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. He says, for our struggle or our battle or our war, is that same word, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Okay, he just said a lot of stuff here. Say, Ryan, unpack this for me. Help me understand what's going on. Paul's going to say, finally, what you need to do is you need to be strong in your relationship with Christ. Be, be strong in the Lord. And you want to do that so you can take your stand against evil which is actually what the battle that we're called to is all about, is we are called to stand against evil. We're called to stand against evil. Now, let me talk to that a minute. Because what, what Paul is saying here is that there are spiritual forces at work there's rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm. Now just track it with me here. And if you don't know Jesus and you're just like, What's, what, what are you even talking about? This guy's about to talk about some weird demonic stuff. Just follow me with it. If you could, if you could make an incision in reality as we know it and peel back the curtain and see God and see Jesus, and see angels, and see the reality of the demonic, you would find that there's all kinds of stuff going on that we don't even know is happening. And it's happening every day, and we, we can't see it. And all of us recognize that there are things that exist that we can't see or explain. I, I, can't, I can't see the microscopic, I can't explain love I can't tell you how it works or point to you and say, this is, this is how I know that there is such a thing as love. We all recognize that, that life is more, I think we recognize, that life is more than all I can see, measure, taste, feel, and understand. Because there's all kinds of stuff that exists in our world that nobody knows what to do with. And I believe that this is one of those pieces that here's the story, here's what we believe. The Bible would tell us that God made all creation. He created the angels. That in history at one point, there was an angel that we would know of today as Satan, that, that he led about a third of the angels in rebellion against God. And when he did that, because he couldn't have the glory that God had himself, he wanted that, couldn't have it, that, that there's 
those demons, those fallen angels have been rebelling against the work of God since creation happened. And, and these rulers, these authorities are opposing everything that God is working to do. He's fighting against the people that God loves. He's looking to destroy in the book of uh, John, Jesus would say that, that the evil one came to kill, steal, and destroy. And that is the agenda, and that is the heartbeat of where evil comes from. And it doesn't take us very long to see evil in our world. What Paul would help us to see is this, that the battle is not against the flesh and blood. It's not against the, the individuals or the people. It's actually one step beyond that. It's the, indiv- the individuals, these rulers and authorities that are influencing people. Because right? here's the, the thing. God loves humanity. He loves human beings. He loves, he came and he died for us, right? It's the, the reality of how it happened. But I want to recognize that what I'm standing against and what you're standing against if you're a follower of Jesus is we are standing against evil. We're standing against these, these beings that exist that are attacking everything that God loves, and hear, hear me quickly, when we hear demons, right away, most of us think like horror movie, right? Poltergeist, something ridiculous. And I would never say that nothing like that would ever happen. The predominant way, though, that, that evil is going to show up is not that, right? So, so don't worry. God has overcome evil. You have nothing to fear. God has won the war. And... There is a reality that evil exists today, that the demonic is real. Here's how it actually shows up. Are you ready? Have you ever wondered how does the demonic show up? If you're someone who believes in that or not, let me walk you through the kind of the main avenues. Our stand against evil and how evil would operate is going to show up, I think, in three major ways. Here's the first one. The first one is through division. Through division. The evil one and everybody attached to him is looking to divide everything that God cares about. Everything that God cares about. So every family that God loves, every marriage, there is division aimed at separating people. He wants us to hate other individuals and groups and to create division. Make sense? Division is massive. It shows up everywhere. And any time there is division happening, I want to recognize that is something that is not of God. That is something that is evil. Here's another one. I can look and say deception. Deception. The Bible says that the evil one is the father of lies. The Father, he's the one that created lies. He created deception. He wants you to think and believe something that is not true and is not real. And all the time is trying to get you to kind of buy the lie that uh, anything that is of God is not real or true or worthy of our time and efforts. Deception is everywhere. Here's the last one. We'll see how these all connect together. The last one is distraction distraction. So here is this shiny thing. Don't look at what God is doing. Here's something else to give you. You know what you should do? You should give your life to to getting rich. Look over here. It's going to be amazing. 
and, and we'll spend our entire life going after a goal that doesn't even matter. Distraction. Distraction. Hate these people in these groups. Don't worry about the battle that's actually playing out against evil. Focus your heart and mind here. And when you start to look for it, just track it with me. When you start to look for it, you see that it's absolutely everywhere. If not, much of this world doesn't even make any sense. Think about the level of distraction and deception that happens on a day-in, day-out basis. Just, just watch a few commercials, and you'll hear deception and distraction. Just track this with me. I remember being in uh, seventh grade and being with a group of peers, right, 12, 13-year-olds. And 12 and 13-year-olds had somehow gotten to the point where they judged one another and accepted one another based on, ready, what, what brand jeans they had on. What, what kind of clothing that we wore on the bottom half of our body. You either matter as a human being or you don't, depending on whether or not you had Wrangler, right? Like nobody should, right? Wrangler's not something you're allowed to wear in seventh grade. It's probably still true. Does Wrangler still exist? Okay, I just didn't know. Um, right, but that, that's the idea. That, that somehow we came to believe that we, we completely judge whether or not someone matters based on a brand that we purchased something that we, we wore in our body. Guys, that's insane. You know that, right? I mean, just like, let's just say it out loud for a second. Let's, let's, go, let's go one layer deeper. Based on what hood ornament you have, what piece of metal I drive determines how valuable or not I am as a human being. These are things that are insane. These are crazy thoughts, but they're not. They're totally normal. Why? If I can divide you by the haves and the have-nots, and you matter and you don't, and you have value and you don't based on the money and this and that, and I can separate people and get you not to recognize that the things that we've been talking about over the last six weeks, that you were created by a God who loves you and one that died for you, and you have purpose and value, and he sent Jesus on the very planet to be to be your passion, your savior, and you're on a mission to help people not go to hell, to find their eternal life? Think about the level of distraction and deception and division that's happening all around us so that we don't pay attention to that very basic, absolutely vital reality. You guys might be sitting here thinking, Ryan, I think you're crazy, man. I might be, but I just want you to understand this is what the Bible says. And, and if you start to think about it, it's actually true. One of the most powerful things that an evil being could do is to get you to believe that he doesn't exist and that he can work behind the scenes all the time. So I love what Paul says. He says, our battle's not against flesh and blood. It's not against the individuals. It's not against the groups. It's not about hating people that vote differently or live differently. 
Our weapons are different weapons. Here's what he's going to say. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Because the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. He says, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. It's a key verse, key phrase. Says, and we take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Says, we, we fight a war, we fight a battle. And that battle is real, as it's happening all around us. Whether we acknowledge it or not, whether we believe it or not, it's, it's, it is, in essence, reality. And the, the weapons that we fight with are not posts on social media. They're not attacks on groups. They're, they're not fighting against people and saying, you're dead to me. Our fight... Our weapons are of fighting against division and deception and distraction. We run to being strong in the Lord, to, to fighting with good. This is why we fight to love one another, and we fight to forgive one another. And it's why we gather together to help each other remember what this whole thing is all about. When we do that, I become less distracted and less divided and less deceived myself, and I can help do that for other people. Guys, this is why it's, it's so hard to remember, why am I on the planet again? What, what's my life about again? I feel foggy because I'm so distracted and I'm, I'm so inundated with lies that it takes a counter-effort, a battle, to stand against evil so that I might see straight and see reality for what it is. Because this is huge. So what I want to do is I, I want to begin to think in terms of I want to erase this battle. I, I don't want to be somebody that is in the fight against a group or against an individual I want my battle to be against evil. I want to fight against division. I don't want to look and say, you're dead to me. I hate you. I'll never talk to that person again. I don't want to have any broken relationships. Why? Those are people that Jesus died for. Those are people that Jesus loves. They are being lied to, and they are being divided, and they are being distracted, just like you and I. I don't, I don't want to be somebody that hates others and buys into the lie. I want to be somebody that loves truth and fights against deception. I, I want to know what God has said to me. I want to believe it. As you... You want to know where the drug epidemic is coming from? The breakdown of the family is coming from? The, the, the trap of debt is coming from? It, it, it's all coming from here. The evil one wants nothing more than to rob you of joy and peace 
love and of connection with other people. Guys, the church, the people of God, exist to stand against the onslaught of this. That's what we're doing. The question for you and for me is, which battle am I fighting? Am I going to get trapped in the drama of this pettiness? Or or can can I peel back reality and see what's actually going on? There's a bigger battle to fight. There's a bigger war to wage. And I want to be on the side of good. And I want to stand there. Because we want to wrestle with that today. And begin to allow God to open our hearts and our minds and, and kind of see reality. Clean the slate. Say, God, I recognize that there's evil and I want to stand with you. I believe that what you have spoken to me is true. And I want to follow you. The band comes out. Don't be distracted by them. We're going to pray and worship. Just encourage you to spend some time thinking and interacting with the Lord. Would you pray with me? Father, this is a, a big conversation. You know, one that is central to the story that you have told us, the truth that you've told us in the Bible. God, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to the reality of it. That we have an enemy that's against us. You have overcome him and defeated him, Christ. And we just want to stand by your power, by your word, to be strong in you. Lord, help us to not be deceived or distracted or divided from one another, but to be your people, united in love, fixed in one purpose, focused on you, Christ. Work in our hearts and our minds today, Lord.